0: Hey, podcasters, this is Pastor Daniel Edwards, and I wanted to just give you an introduction on this episode of our podcast because it's going to be a little different than our typical podcast episodes. Typically, the episodes are simply a message that I've shared in our Sunday morning worship services, Uh, but this episode is from our core meeting, which we had this past Sunday evening. And core meetings are an opportunity that we get our new core group together. These are all the people that serve in ministry, they volunteer, and we had an important meeting with them because in January, on January 27th, we are going to experience a major shift here in our church. We'll be going to two services every Sunday morning. And so as we make this big change, we want to give our volunteers an opportunity to ask questions, give their input, let us know what they're thinking, help us think through some of the logistics. And so this core meeting was devoted to why, the when, and the how of this major shift Uh, for our church and going to two services and it's a family meeting so I gave people the opportunity to ask questions to provide their feedback and comments. Now I was the only person that was mic'd for this meeting so you won't be able to hear the questions that are asked and so we've edited those spots out because they just would have been uh, empty space uh, in the recording but I tried to do a good job of repeating the question or giving context uh, in my answer so that you could still kind of track along with this even though you're only hearing one side of the conversation. And so hopefully this will be helpful to our new core group members who were unable to be there that night because they were sick or for uh, people who are part of our church and are just kind of trying to see what's going on behind the scenes. Or for those of you that aren't a part of our congregation, maybe you're in the community and you're just kind of watching what's happening with our church or you're far away and wherever you're at, this will kind of just give you a behind the scenes look. And I hope that all of you will be praying together with us as we make this major transition for our church and go to two services, 930 and 11, every Sunday. This is a big move for us. And I hope that you'll be praying with us on it. And thank you for tracking along with us with what's happening at Faith Church. And I hope that God uh, uses it to be an encouragement to you and that perhaps he can bring us together uh, to serve him and accomplish his mission for us here on the earth. Here's the core meeting from Sunday night.
1: Tonight is just kind of a family meeting, and I'm going to give you a couple opportunities to ask questions, uh, make comments. If you have a question, I'll do my best to answer. I'm also also repeat the question because I am recording this for the benefit of those who aren't able to be here because uh, they are sick. Main purpose of tonight's meeting is to discuss the move to two services uh, coming up in next year. And first of all, I want to talk about the why. just want to make sure that we're clear on that. There are a couple of obvious reasons. There are the obvious reasons of capacity, uh, making sure that we have enough seats for people. Uh, We've been averaging 130 on Sunday mornings. Obviously, this morning, if you were here, we did not have anywhere near 130 people. Uh, Whenever I talk about needing to expand, it always seems like that day. uh, We have a a low day. Um, But uh, we, that's that's been our average, and so we've been averaging above 80% of capacity in the sanctuary. We've also been having people park up the street, and uh, we're working on adding parking across the street, uh, but parking continues to be an ongoing thing. In addition to those two really obvious um, capacity issues, we have the capacity issues of our hallways um, being congested, and there have been a couple things that we've tried to do over the last few months to try to ease that by moving the majority of our kids ministering to the gym so that there's more, more people are doing their pickup there instead of in the hallway. Another capacity problem you run into is restrooms. And if we get to a place where people have to wait in line for restrooms, and so there's the obvious things of, of seating and parking, uh, but there are other issues to consider uh, that have to do with our capacity, our ability to make sure that everyone feels welcome and greeted. Uh, and another piece of this that you may not be as familiar with is our kids ministry volunteer situation. About two months ago, three months ago now, um, we had kind of a we had a called meeting of our our leadership team and our team leaders because we were just at a place where like what we were doing in kids ministry was not going to be sustainable for the amount of volunteers that we had. We were, you know, just con- every week it was. We don't have anybody to fill this position. We've asked three people behind them if they would step in, and they can't. And so that was something that we were regularly running into, and then we had a couple people that needed to step back uh, from kids' ministry. And so I, I met with the, the, our, our leadership, and I said, something has got to give. We have so many kids, and we're offering so many things, and we have so many people that are currently invested in serving in kids' ministry. And what we found is that we had, we had a lot of people that we wanted to ask to be uh, in kids' ministry and serve on a regular basis, but to do so would take them out of worship. Uh, and that was the only thing that they were currently attending, and we didn't want them to be in a position where they were coming and serving and going home, because that is a surefire recipe for that person burning out, not growing on the relationship with Christ, serving until they don't want to anymore, uh, they, they, they lose sight of the mission, and They walk away. And we've we've watched that happen here. I don't want that to be an ongoing, consistent story. And so trying to figure out a way that we can involve more people in kids' ministry without taking them out of the worship service led into this decision to going to two services. And so it's my desire that we'll have people that will be able to serve in kids' ministry and um, and continue to go to worship every Sunday. Um, The third reason is our mission is to build the church that our friends and neighbors will join and that our children will lead. And if that's going to happen, if we're going to build that church, we've got to be constantly making room for more of our friends and neighbors to come with us. We don't have enough people for everyone who calls our church home to attend on a regular basis. Now, we've been averaging 130, but there are about 200 people that call our church home. And that is something that the where culture is currently, people who attend church one to two Sundays a year consider themselves faithful at this point. Um, that's, That's just where we're at. That's not what I want, and that's not what I'm striving for. And my ideal scenario is that we get them so engaged in growing in a group and serving on a team that they worship Jesus with us every Sunday. But there are about 200 people that call Faith Church their home, and we don't have enough room for those people, uh, much less our friends and neighbors that we're trying to reach. So there are the obvious capacity issues of seating and parking, Uh, there's the capacity issues of hallways and bathrooms, there's the kids' volunteer, kids' ministry volunteer situation, and then third, there's our mission. And so that's the why. That's what's driven us to this point. That's the reason that we have made this decision. And the reason we're making it now. Um, Earlier this year, I put together a plan that I presented to our leadership team of how we could make this move in August of 2019. But we didn't feel like we could wait that long. That because of these these whys, these reasons, that it was something that we needed to do sooner rather than later. And so that is the the why. And I'm going to talk to you next about the when and the how but does anybody have any question or comment about the why? Let's talk about the when. Uh, I've, I've, I've said January, um, but I want to be very specific. When I say January, I'm talking about the very last Sunday of January. January 27th, the final Sunday of January, is when we will make the shift to two services every Sunday. And there are a couple of reasons for that. One, we wanted it to be well past the holidays. Two, in 2019, I want us to set a time, part a time of 21 days of prayer and fasting before we take this step. And so in the beginning of the year, that um, the first Sunday of the year will be when we kick that off, and I'll be inviting everyone to join me uh, in that. And so that'll give us time to dedicate uh, to prayer and fasting leading up to it. The other reason for the timing is that every year for the last several years, what we have seen is we start in right after Labor Day, and we experience a season of moving up and to the right. Attendance goes up and to the right. It goes in the right direction. Every year, right after Easter, is when that peaks. We go into our summer months, we experience our standard summer slump, and then We start over again the following Labor Day and pick up. Um, We want to do this at a time where we're going to be experiencing growth so that um, we are opening up more seats at the time that we need them the most and we're opening up more opportunities to serve when we're going to have the most people looking to find a place to serve. And so that's the reason. So when we were talking about August, that's, that's kind of the reason we were thinking about August. We felt like we couldn't wait until then. And so that's the reason that we're looking towards um, January. Before I kind of break down on some how, anybody want to have any questions or comments on that? All right, so let's talk about how, and this is where we'll spend most of our time this evening. Um, First and foremost, this has got to be something that we bathe in prayer. This is something that, our leadership team and myself have been discussing and praying over for quite some time. And we are going to give that, that three weeks, 21 days of, of prayer and fasting to it. But that's not just something that we're, we're uh, I don't want that to just be like, hey, yeah, we prayed about this. Prayer has to become a more consistent part of our weekly rhythm here uh, at our church. And I want that to become more baked into our ministry teams, that this is something that our teams pray about together. And we'll talk a little bit about how we're going to see that happen in a few moments. Um, The second part of the how is that we're going to be encouraging people to worship one, serve one. To every Sunday, worship in one service and serve during the other. Um, This morning, we had to cancel Sunday school because we had so many people out with kids sick. Now, part of the reason for that is that we're currently in a rotational model of ministry. Rotational model is we have people that they serve every fourth Sunday, or they serve for a month and they rotate off for a couple of months. What that means is when people had to to let us know that they were sick this morning and couldn't be here... um, we didn't, have, we didn't have a whole lot of other people that were like, yeah, I'm planning to be there for that purpose this morning because they served last month or their week was last week or two weeks ago and they're not coming up for another couple weeks. What we want to see more of is people serve on a weekly basis and they serve every week and worship every week. Now, obviously, as people become involved and they're kind of getting their feet wet and serving in ministry— There will be some, hey, they're coming to just for one Sunday a month, but that won't be our core leaders, our teachers, and assistants in those classes. And that will benefit us in a couple of ways. One, it will lead to more ownership of those specific callings, ministries, and positions. So for our people that volunteer in the same position every Sunday, they take ownership of it, and they know that they have to make sure that if they're not going to be there, someone's got it covered. But for those that they only serve every four weeks, just by the very nature of it, their mind isn't on it except for that one week. It's also going to mean that there are people that, because they're they're taking ownership of that 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 place that volunteer role, that they'll be able to bring people alongside of them. Uh, they'll be able to find someone that they can switch with in the other service or someone else that they, they know that they can just swap with for the next, uh, for the next week. Um, when we have a, a less rotation, which we have now, and the, and the reason we do rotational model is because I don't want to ask somebody to serve every Sunday and they're out of worship every Sunday. We have a few people that do that right now and it's, we try to keep it to a minimum because I don't want anybody to always have to sit out of the worship service. That is less than ideal, for sure. And so, by, by having two services, this means that everyone who serves on Sunday will still be able to attend the worship service. Um, starting in January, Nicole, who hasn't regularly been to worship in 13 years, will be at worship every Sunday. So, yeah, absolutely. That's a great thing, right? It's an answer to prayer. My wife's going to start going to church. <laughs> I'm going to pay for that later. But, but that means that the people who are serving in those regular roles right now, that they're going to be able to go to worship every week and will be able to invite people to serve in a capacity without taking them out of the worship service on a regular basis. And so we'll have less of that rotational ministry, which will lead to more volunteers being able to be plugged in uh, in all areas, but also kids' ministry. Now, one of the questions that has kind of been the big question, and I've had this conversation with several of you, and I hadn't had an answer for it because of something that our leadership team was going back and forth on about Sunday school. Um, because we're going to be encouraging people to worship one, serve one, and because so many of the people who are currently in our one adult Sunday school class will be doing that, We will not be offering an adult Sunday school class on Sunday mornings. Now, we are not canceling Sunday school. We will still continue to offer two different hours of content for kids. There will still be kids' Sunday school classes and then kids' worship. There will be some things that change so that there is a a consistency to the experience. So, for example, we currently do kids' music at the beginning of the 1030, we're going to work to make that at the, to do that at the beginning of the 9:30 and the 11. So for people who come only to the 9:30, their kids still experience that. Because we've been doing Sunday school and we offer kids Sunday school, um, we're not having to add a whole another hour of kids ministry programming. That is already happening. This has been a huge asset for us when we've done two services on Sundays like Easter or Break the Chains because our kids' ministry people have just done what they do every week on those Sundays, and that is going to continue. There will be no changes to that. The only change will be that we will not offer our adult Sunday school class for a few reasons. One, I'm the teacher of that, and I'm going to be busy during both services. I'll be in both services, preaching in both services. Two, most of the people who are in our adult Sunday school class have positions of service, And so they'll be doing worship and serving. And I didn't want anybody to, okay, I'm going to serve and then go to Sunday school. I prefer them to go to the worship service. So that they are with the the whole body in worship on a regular basis. And we want to offer more and more of our groups on Sunday evenings, Wednesdays, Tuesdays, Thursdays. Uh, In this past season, this past quarter, we have changed Sunday nights to offer groups, um, and we have seen a lot of success with those. We feel like there has been a lot of success with those for a few reasons. One, we feel like there's been success with them because they are brand new groups, and we see the greatest rate of success of getting people into new groups that are new. Um, So if there are people that are new to our congregation, they are more likely to jump into a group that is brand new than into a group that's been going on for a long time. So at the same time we offer these new groups and we see so many folks who are new to our congregation come to them, we have seen very few of those people come to our Sunday school class. And so by offering more groups in the evenings that will take breaks, that will launch for eight weeks and then take a break for a couple of weeks and then launch for eight weeks, we will encourage more people who are new to get into community. Two, will make it possible for more people to be involved in community because uh, they will have options. It won't just be Sunday mornings at 930 and Wednesday evenings at 7, but there will be multiple evenings of the week that they'll have an opportunity uh, to be a part of that. Some of those groups will happen here at the church. Some of them will happen at homes that people are willing to open up, Um, but we want to make um, make it possible for there to be groups happening all of the time and so that it can scale uh, larger for more and more people to be involved. It was my hope to talk about this with our adult Sunday school class because this affects them uh, this morning, but we didn't have our adult Sunday school class, so I was not able to discuss it with them. That is probably one of the biggest changes um, that will come as a result of this move. Another very important change that I, I feel like will answer some questions that some of you have. For those of you that you will worship one and serve one and you have children... We are going to offer kind of a club or gathering for the kids of volunteers that are in preschool or elementary age range during that 30-minute window between the two services. So instead of your kids going to the first service and then having to sit and wait for the second service or you have to go pick them up for 30 minutes and then drop them back off, there will be a separate function for them, and it will not be another 30 minutes of content, but rather it will be 30 minutes where they can have a snack and just kind of hang out with the other kids who are in that, that group, that their parents are volunteering. Now, for those that are in nursery, they will remain in the nursery, but preschool and elementary-aged children will have this group uh, to be a part of, and that is something that we're developing and working on right now. Uh, but that will only be... For volunteer kids, kids whose parents are volunteering, that is not overrun for people who come to worship and then wait a long time to go pick up their kids. All right, um, that is not for people who want to drop off their kids and leave them here the whole time, or come to worship and then go somewhere while their kids go to both hours. That will only be offered for kids of people who are volunteering. That will be something that we offer for volunteers. And so we want to do that to help your family be able to navigate Sunday mornings and worship one and serve in the other. Any questions so far before I continue? So teen Sunday school is something that we're currently trying to figure out. Um, We want, we most definitely want teenagers to have a small group Bible study experience where they grow closer, I don't know exactly when that is going to happen. Um, It may be that we need to move that to another time. Uh, And what we want is to find the time that is going to be the most effective for teenagers to be able to be a part of it. Um, One of the things that has been, frustration is not the right word, something that's been a burden for James, myself, and Eric is that one of the best times we have for teenagers to do that is Sunday mornings at 9.30, and that is probably one of the least ideal times for teenagers to gather. And so we want to do that at a time that will work well for them. Um, Because the teenagers that are most faithful to that group are here in this core group meeting because they serve, um, I can foresee them doing what most of our adults are going to do in worshiping one and serving one and then we have a team small group, a youth group small group that meets at another time, but we haven't worked out those logistics and details yet. That's an excellent question. So over the past few years, we, um, we started having Sunday evening core meetings. That's what this is. It's an opportunity for volunteer teams to gather. And those were, these were very effective for us in the early, in the early beginning, um, but they've lost a little bit of their effectiveness. And with the changes that we're going to be making with the way that our volunteer teams work and the way that we're doing Sunday mornings, and also the way that we'll worship, um, there are a couple things we need to consider. So one, and this is something that we'll bring to the church body for consideration at our business meeting in January, Our current constitution and bylaws state that the way that someone joins the church is that they petition the pastor and the pastor will present them in a worship service. Because we'll be doing two worship services, there will not be a worship service that will have all of the membership present. And I don't want to present people for membership to only half of our membership body. And so what we have discussed as a leadership team and what we plan to propose to the congregation in January is that we move the voting of members to our quarterly business meetings. And we make those member meetings kind of as what these core meetings have been. There will be a worship service for believers. Our Sunday morning worship services are, are geared for believers and unbelievers, something we invite our friends and neighbors to. Those quarterly services where we'll have a business meeting for a members meeting afterwards will be for believers. The, the, the content will be geared toward believers. It'll be an ideal time for us to take communion together. It won't be the only time we take communion. It'll be an ideal time for us to take communion together. It'll also be an ideal time for us to take in members because it'll be the best gathering we have of our church membership when we gather to make business decisions as a membership body. So, because we're looking to incorporate that, we did not want to do quarterly business meetings where we're gathering everyone and then core meetings and then try to navigate offering groups on Sunday nights in between all of that. So, what we're going to be proposing is that we consolidate core meetings with our quarterly business meetings once every quarter. It would be that believer service opportunity for us to worship, have content that is directly focused towards believers, take communion together or um, participate in worship together, and then have a members meeting where we take in our new members. And so that'll be a kind of a structural change that we'll see t- take place. Uh, no, baptism we will offer during Sunday morning worship services. Um, and the way that I'm going to approach that, and that's something that we have wrestled with and talked about, the way that we're going to approach baptism is when a person wishes to be baptized, we're going to ask them which service they would like to be baptized in. And the reason I'm going to do that is because I want them to be baptized in the service that they typically participate in, that they'll be most likely to come to the following Sunday, because that is a time that their friends and family will come with them. And so, you know, let's say if we said, for instance, baptism is always going to be during the 930 service. Well, if they're bringing friends and family that they hope will come again with them, we probably want to do it in the service that is most natural for them to come to, that they'll most likely come back to. And so that's the reason that we'll handle baptism that way. Um, I've not done a good job of repeating your question. So Brenda's question is, is there a preference on which service that I'd like for the members or volunteers uh, to attend? Um, your service that you attend for worship is really going to be dictated by which service you're serving in. Because if you're serving during the 930, then you'll attend the 11. If you're serving during the 11, you'll attend the 930. And so if we have an even amount of volunteers during both, it's going to even out the number of people. And it may be that for some of our congregation that they can attend either one and they're not serving, that we try to encourage them to the one that is currently um, less full, right? That is more empty. Um, However, I'm going to stay away from that until it's really clear because every time I've done that for Break the Change or Easter, I've gotten it wrong. I've encouraged people to go to one service and that one has been very full and the other one has been less full. This means I have good cooperation or that I don't know what I'm doing. One of the two. (laughs) Linda? That's correct. It'll only be every three months that someone will have the opportunity to join. No, they will still be able to serve. We have many people who serve currently who are not members. You are not able to lead a team unless you are a member, and we wouldn't give anybody the opportunity to lead a team in their first three months anyway. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> so Amy's question is we already asked people to serve so uh, we just had a good number of people go through growth track on Sunday nights and we've got several people that we know this is what they're gifted at this is what they're called to and I've had conversations with a few of them so far but not all of them and a little bit of that is waiting on how things are going to I needed to know I needed to have that meeting that I had last week with our leadership team at first to kind of get some things set and then I needed to have conversations with you and answer your questions and make sure that we were clear first and so we're kind of making our way through a process here and so we've had some conversations with a few of them but like Don's question about a prayer team or people that are I've not had conversations with any of those people yet because I don't have a team for them to join yet that hasn't been formed but I have had some conversations with like hey I noticed that you're your heart is really in this and it seems like you'd be perfect for this and I've had some conversations with them and I've said hey why don't you over the next couple weeks just take a look at this or keep an eye on this and, and pray about this and let me know what you think um, we we have a good number of volunteers who are currently serving we have several people that have gone through the process and are interested in jumping in and serving and so something that I, I repeated multiple times to the the, the growth track group, and I, I want to make really clear to you, is I, I wholeheartedly believe that God has sent us exactly the people that we need to serve on the teams that we need. And so if we don't have the people for it, it's not something that we absolutely have to have. Now, I am also very sure that the first few Sundays of this are going to be, it's going to be a learning curve. And there are going to be some Sundays that we don't have the adequate staff that we'd like to have in a certain place. There are going to be some Sundays where the camera does exactly what it's doing right now. It's going to run itself. Those types of things are going to happen, and that's okay. That's all right. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm completely ready to walk through some of that early struggle and mess of figuring it out. And I don't think that that's going to happen because God hasn't sent us the people we need. I think that's going to happen because... I've not done an adequate job of placing people where God would have them or equipping them for that. And so I'm sure that there is going to be some gaps between, between what God's called us to do and, and, and gifted us to do and where I've led us to be. Any other questions before we continue? Um, I mentioned earlier that we need prayer to be this integral part of, of what we do and how we minister going forward. And part of that is going to be us giving time at the beginning of the year to prayer. And that's something I want, us to, I want us to do on a regular basis, not just the beginning of 2019 because we're going to two services, but something that we start years off with on a regular basis. The development of a, a team of people who, will, well, that, that is their calling and their heartbeat, is, is, is praying for our people But also I want it to become a fabric of the way our teams operate by encouraging our teams to huddle up right before they serve. And we kind of gave this a trial run, did a trial balloon on this with the worship team for a couple of months and I learned some lessons on things that need to happen differently with that. Uh, But what we want to see happen is, let's say the people who are serving in kids ministry at 9.30, uh, we want them there before 9.30 so that they're ready to, Nicole said, amen, hallelujah. Um, But not only do we want them there before 9.30, to be able to welcome the kids who get there before service starts, we're going to ask that you come even a little bit earlier than that, so that you can meet with the other people who are serving in kids' ministry, and you can have a moment, not a long meeting, just a couple minutes, to put your heads together and to pray, that God will work through you in that upcoming service. Um, and I believe that will help us direct our our hearts and minds in the in the place that it needs to go. And that's something that over the past year I felt like we have I have not done a good job of leading us to have that mindset. And so, um, instilling that, having time for everybody to get together and to pray. And so, there's the prayer aspect of that of the huddle, but there's also another aspect. There have been times that people have jumped into serving on a team, and they have no idea who the other people they are serving with are, Uh, because we say, here you go, and they jump in, and they're just kind of figuring out who they're serving with, and oftentimes the people that they're serving with are not in the room with them, right? They're in another kid's ministry room, that kind of thing, and so that has made our teams very siloed. We only know the people that we're in this room or we're in the booth with, and we don't know the other people. And so I'm not saying that we're going to have uh, breakfast together every Sunday morning. We're not going to have a long meeting like this one, but we're going to get together and pray with the people that we're serving with. Um, While we did that trial balloon of, of, uh, of a huddle right before service with the worship team, I cannot tell you how many Sundays that... Somebody coming in the door, you know, some problem, some catastrophe that happened, and I needed that time to pray with the worship team right before it, just so that I could, God, refocus. Not not because I was thinking about something that was wrong or bad. It was a ministry need, but I, I needed to be focused on. This is what we're doing right now. This is the message. This is the song. This is what we're doing right now uh, to bring everybody together and worship. Um, and so those huddles would give everybody an opportunity to pray, get to know one to communicate, and make sure everybody's on the same page. Um, another part of the how" here is going to be leadership development. So one of the things that I'm constantly praying for our church is, Lord, what is the thing that is hindering our growth currently? And there have been some real obvious ones through the years, right? There was a time that the nursery was overflowing with kids, and it was right behind the sanctuary, and that was something that we needed to address. There was the time that Children's Church, um, there was not enough room for any more chairs, right? And so there were the, like, some things that we needed to change. Been times that it's parking, and we talked about the capacity issues that we're having currently. The Lord has really worked on me this past year that I am the lid, that I am the, the thing that stands in the way, Because I have my hands on too many things, and I have to give them away. And so developing leaders who lead teams that will communicate with their teams, that I don't have to be the switchboard of communication for teams, that they can communicate amongst themselves, they can solve problems without me ever knowing there is a problem. Um, That, we have to raise up team leaders and, and develop leaders who can manage that. And we have a little bit of that right now with the leaders of our teams, you know, uh, like our worship and media teams, our kids' ministry teams, uh, but, but seeing more and more of that raise up uh, so that teams can operate. And that's going to be even more important because it won't be that you're going to be able to grab Pastor Daniel at the end, end of Sunday school because I'm going to be in a worship service. And so by... Me preaching in both worship services, which I feel very strongly about doing uh, and called to do, I'm going to have to step back from some ministry that is going to have to run without me. Um, and so going into services like this is going to, going to force me to let go of some things and hand them off. Done. Right? So we currently have team leaders, and... Um, they're going they're they're leading and scheduling in their ministry, so a, a good example of this is if we go back two years ago, uh, just about every Sunday morning, I fielded a text message or a Facebook message about who could not be in the sound booth right I no longer know that that happens, okay because James handles that, and so um, you know, when I know who's serving in the booth is when I look up during my sermon and I see who's holding a sign that says, "Pastor Daniel, your lapel mic's not on." That's when I figure out who's serving uh, in the booth. And so they have, they've, they've handled that. Uh, more and more, of that's going to have to happen in our other areas of ministry. And so Nicole is taking more and more of that in kids ministry, but because kids ministry is so large, that's also going to have to be. That's going to have to go down, so that we have a person that they're coordinating whoever is doing kids' worship music, and they're handling who is, who's where in nursery and that kind of thing so that it's all not one person. And Nicole's not the switchboard for that entire team. Any questions on that before I continue? James? Right. So James's question is people who want to talk to me after the service, that 30-minute window, is that going to be enough time for me to be able to have conversations with people? Um, the way that we currently do it? No. Because the way that it currently happens is I'm in the foyer, and people talk to me about making a spiritual decision or how to connect to the Wi-Fi. All right? And that is literally the range of questions that I get on a Sunday morning. Okay. Um, I might have a conversation with someone about their family member who's very sick and at death's door, and, hey, can I borrow the gym on Friday for a birthday party? Okay? I'm going to hold on to those spiritual conversations, and I'm going to hand off the other ones. And so we're going to have a next steps table in the foyer that will be worked by someone who can answer questions like, this is the Wi-Fi password, Here's how you get a simple church account. This is the form that you need to fill out to borrow the gym, those types of things. And my plan after service is I'm not going to go in the foyer anymore. I'm going to stay here. So if people want to come and talk to me and have prayer with me, they can. Um, And I'll be here to greet people as they come in to services. So most of my greeting is going to happen before the services, not after the services. I'm going to be available for spiritual conversations after the services. That means that it's going to be on our hospitality team to make sure that every, everyone feels known, welcomed, and accepted. Um, they're gonna have a greater responsibility in that. And so having people who are not only gonna greet people as they arrive, but as they leave is gonna be an important element of this. But if I'm in the, in the foyer fielding all of those questions, that won't happen because not only do I need to have spiritual conversations in here, I also then need to have a huddle and pray with the worship team for that second service. And so that needs to happen before that second service starts. So that's an excellent question. On the part of your question about which service people attend or serve in, um, that's going to be something that you work out within your media team. Hey, these are, are going to be people that are like, hey, I'm whichever. And there are going to be people that they're going to come, they're going to serve in the booth because it's in the worship service and then that will be all they do or maybe they go and they serve elsewhere. And then I know that there are some people because I've had some conversations that they're saying, listen, if, if, especially in the beginning, if I got I to gotta run the camera twice or I need to do sound and then do, they're going to be willing to do that. Now that's not the ideal scenario, but that may be where we start. So, and I do have more people that I think are perfectly suited to join your team that have gone through growth track. And so um, I'm not expecting you to double um, your workload without increasing your amount of volunteers. Right. Right. And and media is a little bit different of a scenario because media, people who work in the booth, it's not the same as sitting in the service, but they do still get to be a part of the worship service. Right, that's a good question. Rachel's asking, currently the way that our kids ministry nursery is structured is we have one person who works the nursery at 9.30 and two people that work it at 10.30. One of the things we're hoping happens when we go to two services is we even out the numbers in kids ministry a little bit. Right now, the amount of kids who are in kids ministry at 10.30 is double the amount of kids who are in kids ministry at 9.30. And so we've got it staffed that way. Hopefully that's going to even out some. I don't imagine it'll be exactly the same, but we want it to even out some so that that the space that we currently have is adequate for who we are bringing in more people to come in, more kids to be a part of it. But we will need to, if, we're gonna, if our kids' ministry evens out, that means that our volunteer structure will need to even out. And that's where it comes to, if we have more people who are worshiping one and serving one, we'll have more people that can serve in those spots. So that's a really good question. Brenda? What about the people who serve on more? Right. So Brenda's question is, for people who currently see, serve on multiple teams, do they need to focus in on one team? Um, that is going to vary from person to person. Some, the, the Scripture says that the Lord has given us all a gift. Some of us have multiple gifts. And some people are equipped to lead a group uh, and have the gift of helps to help in the booth. Um, some people, that they, have, they have one thing, and they, they, they feel right at home serving in the booth, but please don't ask me to lead a group. Um, what we've what we've seen is that people who lead groups, um, because groups are going to happen outside of Sunday morning, it's going to be pretty easy for them to serve in another capacity. And people who serve on a team are they most easily get people to come to their group because they already have relationships with people, and that's where groups happen. That's how groups. That's how people get into groups is you know somebody. Pastor Daniel can, can announce it, and we can put it in the bulletin, but because people know one another and invite one another, that's how they end up in groups. So most of our group leaders are going to serve on group as a group leader, but also in other capacities. And then there are going to be other people that, because they're, they're gifted and they're uh, committed in multiple areas, they can. Um, but I would rather somebody do one thing well than two things poorly. Uh, some people can do two things well, and if they can, they should. Right. So who are the team leaders that are currently in place? Uh, I'm the, currently the worship team leader. Uh, Nicole is the kids ministry uh, team leader. James is our media team uh, leader. Uh, Amy is our newly uh, um, voluntold uh, hospitality <laughs> team leader. Yeah. And then Steve, uh, Steve Roberts, is our facilities team leader. And, and when, I say, when I say five minutes, that, I mean that. All right. When we gather for those times of prayer before the service, this is not going to be a time that we take Sunday school type prayer requests and we, we pray for everyone. There are going to be times that we need to pray for everyone. This is going to be a time that we are meeting to pray specifically for our ministry that morning. Now, if somebody is walking in and they're like, I just found out so-and-so, blah, blah, blah. Okay, but we're not going to say, who has a prayer request? Um, and we're going to give everybody five minutes to think of a prayer request to mention, right? We're going to be focused. We're not going to take prayer requests. We're going to focus on praying for that ministry, that opportunity to serve that morning. And so we're going to keep it brief. Okay. Hey, this is this is Brenda. She's new to our team. If you guys haven't met her, you need to be sure and meet her. Uh, so glad that you're here today. I hope that God uses us to make a difference in some kids' lives. Let's pray together. That's it. Okay. And so we're not we're not going to spend. Ten minutes talking, so we can do a minute of praying. We're just going to talk for uh, thirty seconds and then pray, all right. And those huddles will need to start on time, all right. Um, if people are late and you wait for them, that you just communicate and hey, be late next week, all right. We'll wait for you. And Start on time so we can get to our places on time. The other the other big part of how. There's going to be growth track. And growth track is something that we're going to be constantly emphasizing. Over the past year, we emphasized faith essentials, which was kind of a, hey, this is what it means to follow Jesus and grow in a group. Um, We're going to incorporate faith essentials into growth track. The people who went through through growth track most recently, they had been through faith essentials or they um, they had gotten into a group. Growth track is going to incorporate, this is what it means to follow Jesus and grow in a group. This is what it means to serve at our church. Let's find out what you're gifted at and what you're passionate about. Let's show you how we minister here at our church. The growth track that I just did was three weeks. Uh, Growth track is going to become a four-week thing that we're constantly doing on a regular basis. And I'll be offering that on Sunday nights and Wednesday nights on a recurring basis, constantly welcoming new people in, helping them see what it means to follow Jesus and grow in a group, helping them find out what it is that they're gifted at, and helping them find a place on these teams. And so we're going to be constantly feeding people into groups and teams through the use of Growth Track. We've seen that be very effective this past year through Faith Essentials and then in our, the last iteration of it in, in Growth Track. And we're going to constantly harp on that. So there are a couple things you hear me say every Sunday. Every Sunday you hear me say, if you're a guest with us, we're so glad that you're here. We hope you feel right at home. If you would, take the perforated tab of your bulletin. You could probably say that, right? Because you've heard me say it so many times. An invitation to Growth Track is going to be the new thing that I'm going to say every Sunday. Because we're going to constantly be giving people that next step of how they can get involved. And then they'll be able to sign up for Growth Track either through the bulletin or at the Next Steps table. Our new perspective on groups. Beginning of 2018, we had a groups fair and we invited people to get involved in either a group which was Sunday school class at Sunday mornings at 9.30, or Bible study on Wednesday evenings at 7, or a discipleship group. And we were encouraging people to jump into those. Um, What we experienced this past year is that worked great for some people and not great for other people. Because for some people, discipleship group was was a big step, and they weren't ready for it. And so what you're going to hear us emphasize for people is that they grow in a group, and we're going to be talking about community group and Wednesday night Bible study. Because those are things that people can show up to and they've not done any homework. They can build relationships. They can grow closer to Jesus. And if people are faithful to community groups, then we'd love to see them take the next step into a discipleship group. And discipleship groups are going to happen whenever people can meet to have discipleship group. Um, so if that means that for a group of guys, Thursday mornings at 6 a.m. works, they can do that. Or Saturdays at noon, or... For a group of ladies, Thursdays at 10 is a group that they want to get together. We're going to let those happen organically as people get together and they either go through a Bible reading plan together or they do discipleship essentials uh, together. But we're going to be emphasizing people getting into community groups. That will be the first step of groups for people. And if they do well in that and remain faithful in that, then we'd like for them to take that next step and do a discipleship group. Because we don't want to push anybody too hard, too far. But if they do well in the community group, then it would be a good idea for them to check out a discipleship group. And for some people, discipleship group worked great because of their makeup they were already going to be committed. Um, But for some people, we don't want it to be something that causes them um, to to make their walk with Christ uh, overbearing or difficult. We want it to be something that they can get into. We don't want it to become something that is a um, object for shame. And so uh, that's going to be our strategy moving forward. And that's one of the things that over this past year everything we do we, we want to constantly be examining it and making sure that we're doing it the very best way that we can to reach the most people to be the most effective. And so that was a new way that we did things in 2018 and there were parts of it that worked well and parts of it that didn't, so we're going to change a little bit for 2019. And that'll be a little bit of a difference that you'll see. Right. So discipleship groups can happen anytime. And so if you're, you're already faithfully attending a group, you say, I want to go deeper, I'd encourage you to form a discipleship group um, to figure out a time, a place, a group of people that you can be in a discipleship group with and go for it. Uh, and we'd happily show you some resources that we think would be ideal for you to use. Um, I, I'd encourage you to, to we, we'd say, hey, let's try the F260 uh, Bible study. And this is, this is a, a study that you, could, that you could tackle. But we want that to happen organically among people who are interested in taking that next step. Um, and so I'm not going to... I'm not going to mount a campaign from the Sunday morning service and say, hey, we want everybody to get into the discipleship group because community group is going to be the thing that we're encouraging people to, and people who are doing that but want to go a step further, then we'd say, hey, what do you think about leading the discipleship group? So-and-so said that they're interested in being in a discipleship group. I'd love for you to do that. But I'm not going to be able to staff kids' ministry for all of those. They're going to have to run on their own. And so that might mean that you have to you have to figure out a time that not only can you be free, but somebody's capable of watching your kids. Um, because I want that to be able to scale without me having to try to find a whole new column of kids' ministry workers. Sure. Right. So what Keith's talking about is on a Wednesday night a couple of weeks ago, uh, we had... I asked Nathan Lockhart if he would lead a group through uh, a study that our board went through, uh, and it specifically talks about structuring uh, our church. And so Nathan started that group. I failed to communicate to Keith that that was happening, and so he was caught off guard, and so I've apologized to him. I dropped the ball on that, and I apologize. Community groups that we're talking about on Wednesday nights, Sunday nights, Tuesday nights, Thursday nights, are not going to be age or gender-driven. They will not be for specific age groups. They will not be for men or women It will be for anyone who is interested in being in a community group. And it is my desire that we offer, when we add new groups, that we add them on different nights of the week so that we offer them to people who have freedom in their schedule on those nights of the week. What we have right now in our current model is we add a new class at Sunday morning at 9.30 or Wednesday night at 7, and we just divide the people who are currently going to a group at that time. And so Nicole and I plan to offer a community group on Tuesday evenings um, because we want to make there's another evening available and not compete with the groups that we currently have. And so those will not be for a specific age group. They'll not be for a specific division. Um, they will not be for a specific gender. Now, people get into a discipleship group. Those are men and women, but there is no age range. And the pur- purpose for that is because there's honest confession and accountability in those groups, and we don't want that happening between genders. So, Amy? Right. Most likely what will be happening on Wednesdays is I'll be offering growth track for people who are brand new to our church that I can then onboard into a Tuesday night, Wednesday night, or Thursday night group. So it'll be people who are brand new and helping them find a group to grow in and a team to serve on. I will not be here every night of the week. So the, the Tuesday night community group that okay. Nicole and I are going to offer it will be in our home. Um, right? And, com- and community groups will go in eight week runs. So we will offer for eight weeks and then it will go it will take a break. So we won't be having community group the week of my kids' spring break. Um, and then it'll pick back up again for another eight weeks. And then it'll take a break because it'll be summer and we'll be sending kids to camp. And then it'll pick back up again. And so it's typically going to follow a school schedule on starts and stops, breaks and, and starts. So um, Some of you have talked to me about your concern for me on preaching two services. I am, it will be easier for me to preach two services It is easier for me to preach the same sermon twice in a row than what I'm currently doing of teaching a Sunday school class and then preaching a sermon because it's two different messages that I have to have prepared and ready to preach. And so what I'm currently doing of teaching a Sunday school class and then uh, preaching a sermon, there is a greater physical and emotional toll on that than when I go to the jail and I preach the same sermon three times in a row. And so this, this step, Uh, will actually take a little bit off of me by not having to prepare and present uh, a Sunday school lesson on Sunday mornings. That's probably going to self-regulate. You know, if 25 people show up at my house for community group, we'll at least be down to 24 the next week because Nicole won't be there. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, think, I think those are probably going to be kind of, they're going to probably fill the space that they're in. And what we want to see is more and more community groups formed out of those. Um, and having the freedom to offer them at different times instead of having to just split the group that we currently have, I think will be ideal for us. So, Brenda's question is, do we want everybody to lead? No. Um, leadership floats. If, if you are gifted and called to be a leader, that's going to show itself. If you're not, that will also show itself. Um, and, it, you know, if, if there's somebody serving that you're serving right now in a position where you're leading and it's, it's too much, I, I say this absolutely wholeheartedly. I, I mean this. It, it may mean I have to figure some stuff out. Please come to me and tell me, and we will move you around, all right? The last thing that I want anybody to do or to feel or to think is I'm going to have to quit going to church there so I stop serving, okay? Um, people in this group have come to me and said, listen, what I'm going through right now, what I'm currently experiencing, or where I'm at, I can't continue to do this. I would much rather have that conversation than me sending the messages and calling them and going, like, what's going on? And they don't respond. Um, so, don't ghost me, okay? Um, you know, if, if, if you're not where you're supposed to be, let me know and let's figure that out. Because when, you, when you're not where you're supposed to be, not only are you out of place, somebody that's supposed to be in that spot is not in their place. And So, let's figure that out so that we can get you where you belong and we can get them where they belong. All right? Right. You know, and to, to Keith and Cheryl's point, you know The thing that's been, this has been a hard year. Uh, this is a hard week right now. Um, we have said farewell to so many um, core people, people who served in leadership, people who served and were faithful. Um, and man, I mourn that loss. That is, is heartbreaking. And um, I'm so thankful that they, they lifted the light high um, and I, I want us to keep doing that. And, and that, that doesn't happen by... Um, our church very much reflects its, its two pastors. There's a generation that was Brother Helm's generation that was the same age as him, and there's a generation that's very similar in age to me. But we're not two congregations. not two generations. We are the same church. There was an original core group, and there is a new core group, but everybody that's here is to be a part of the new core group. Uh, Some people are just so blessed that they get to be a part of both. I envy them. Um, They got to be a part of those early days and take some major steps of faith, and I hope that we do them honor and justice in the steps that we take, the things that we do. Um, I had the I had the privilege to, to speak at our, our Frio Baptist Leadership Conference uh, this past uh, Tuesday. Uh, I was the young guy on the panel that they asked to talk about technology. And I started off that talk by talking about the mission of our church and how it was born in the original core group. And I showed that picture that I've showed many times of that original core group. Because the mission that we're carrying on today was birthed there, and we're just, we're just picking up the next leg. Okay, And the spirit of starting two services was birthed and Bob and Gene Helm starting the first service <coughs> in a town hall. And I'm sure that there were a lot of meetings like this one where they talked with people and they said, well, what are we going to do about this? I'm not really sure yet. We don't know where we're going to meet. Um, the town hall, the Newburgh Town Council is telling us we've got to get out of here. We're going to go meet here. That place doesn't have any running water. What are we going to do about that? I don't know. Um, and so I hope that we, that we, that we honor uh, and we follow the path that they have blazed for us and we, we keep that mission alive for our children to lead one day. That's my heartbeat. So we just had 17 people go through growth track who are not currently on a volunteer team. And a good number of those people scored highly on prayer being close to their heart, something that they were passionate about. And so it's my hope that over the next couple of months that we're going to develop a team that while one service is going on, there's a group of people praying for that service. And while the other service is happening, there's a group that's praying for that service. And we will develop an interceding team that will also pray for our sick, pray for the services, et cetera. So yeah, thank you for that that question. And during the 21 days of prayer, there are going to be some special opportunities to gather just in prayer. Um, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about how we're going to be doing promotion, but we're running out of time. So let me just say that I want to do everything within my power to make sure that there's no one who lives within driving distance. Of a standard reasonable driving distance to our church for Sunday morning to come here, to not know about it. Uh, when we launch a second service, I want it to be on the scale of launching a brand new church, and so um, we are in. The, we're currently working on things that we're going to do to promote that. Some of you have already helped by giving us those testimonies that we collected a couple of months ago, um, and and that's what the offering that we're collecting for gifts for Jesus is, is to help us so we can by signs, we can send out mailers, and we can do advertising online. And there are some of you that the reason you're in our congregation is because you saw some of those promotions we did in the past, and we wanna do that again. And so as we open open up these seats, we we wanna bring people in to fill them. All that being said, the most powerful um, tool that we have for that is your friends, your neighbors being invited by you. And I hope that all the things that we do online and with signs and in the mail help you in in giving those invitations and so that will be a big part moving forward now there are a few big questions that each team needs to figure out and we don't have time for us to break into groups tonight um, but these are just if you're on these teams these are the things i want you to be thinking about because i think they're kind of the big question that your team needs to figure out Uh, kids men uh, the thing that we need to figure out with kids ministry is how that volunteer kids thing is going to work, They're looking after those volunteer kids. I mean, that's what we're going to do, but we need to figure out uh, some details on that. Facilities, probably our biggest challenge there is making sure that we adequately staff for ushers in <coughs> both services. Um, hospitality, we need to get a real clear Like these are all the positions we want filled every Sunday. People at the door, people at this, people handling coffee, those types of things. So we need to figure out, we got people that want to go into those roles, but how many roles that we need to figure out. And then for worship, um, figuring out our plan on music. Uh, we're going to have different musicians singing, and we have more musicians now, uh, but figuring out how that we can communicate so we have, alright, we're all on the same page. Because while it'll be different musicians, I'd like for us to sing the same songs in both services. And so if we can just figure out a way that that decision is going to be made and communicated. Those are the things that we need to figure out for each team. If you have any more questions, please feel free to come and speak with me. I'm going to hang out here after I close this out in a word of prayer. Uh, If you have a question, if you have a suggestion, um, please feel free to speak with me. I'm so thankful that you're here tonight. I'm thankful that you have a heartbeat for this. I'm thankful for your questions. There have been so many good questions, and I hope that I've answered them. And for the ones that we didn't really have an answer for yet, I hope that we will soon. And uh, I'm thankful that you're on this journey with me. I could not do this without you. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for each one that's here tonight. And Lord, I know that uh, you have called the people that you desire to be a part of this effort. Lord, that you have given us the, the talents, the gifts, the heartbeat for what it is that you're calling us into Lord, I pray you'd help us to just be faithful to that. Help us to be clear on where it is that you're leading us and guiding us. Lord, thank you for um, the wisdom that you've given the leadership team. Lord, thank you for the wisdom that you've given this group of volunteers and the questions that they've asked and the things that they have considered and the cautions they've provided. Lord, I ask that you'd help us all to be sensitive to your Spirit. Lord, that, that nothing in this would be about us, that we would not quench the Spirit uh, by doing this in vanity or in pride. Lord, that you would be honored through it. And Lord, that in it, you would receive glory and lives would be changed. Father, I pray that that right now, the people that you want to reach through our congregation in the coming months, that right now, wherever they're at, you'd speak to them. You'd water that seed that's been planted. You'd give them a sense of, of longing, a desire, or that they'd experience conviction. And Lord, that in the time that comes in the next couple of months for harvesting, that they'll be ripe and ready. Father, thank you for these labors that you are sending into the harvest here in this community. And I pray, Lord, that you would give the increase, that you would build your church. Help us to be faithful to you, clear on the message of your gospel, that you are the Son of God who came to take the sin of the world, so none of us need face the punishment and judgment for sin. God, help us to be that church. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for being here.